Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club podcast. We're doing another international episode, breaking down barriers, using the power of the internet to reach Boulder, Colorado, all the way here from St. Moritz, where George and I are currently sitting. But as we said last week, Ollie is back on the show to give the big rundown of what has been a pretty crazy two well, two weeks, I guess, since his last on the show when we previewed London and all that. Um, so that's what today is mostly going to be about. We'll just do the deep dive. But before that, we do have a bean shout out. From London and from uh, friend Logan, according to the bag, uh, through Mario and then Yared and then Ollie. It really got passed uh, through some hands. Caravan Coffee Roasters, we've been having them at the, at the on house. Um, and with the nice espresso machine, Lambworks. No, I like that. What does that mean? La- I think Lambworks is like the suburb of London. Yeah. Lambworks, no, I don't know. Caravan Coffee Roasters. Thanks, Logan. Thank you very much, Logan. We appreciate it a lot. Made it all the way through all those hands onto the podcast. So almost uh, gone. A couple yeah. beans left in the bottom. We appreciate it. And guys, I don't know if you heard us talk about coming back enough last month, but. They're back again for this month, so I guess we're doing something right. So uh, not that we planned out any of our other ad reads, but this one is especially unplanned. Do have to say, use code COFFEECLUB for 20% off on the website or full-priced items now through the month of August. I was trying to – I forgot what month it was, but yeah, Camelback's still getting it done. We still got our faithful big jugs of water, our vessels for – someone really liked last time that I said the phrase – what was it hydration yeah what is yeah. it what's that? that was in the comments hydration 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 solution no hydration i know but it sounded really smart yeah i it's, can't it's remember the, what it's it the was summer of camelback hydration solution <laughs> whatever it is they do all <laughs> that they, hydration I don't know, exactly i mean be, they, they do all that and much more in fact much more they're trying to support uh, the sport of running and they support the podcast so please show them some support because we appreciate it a lot and yeah they're just trying to i mean if they're supporting us you know you know they're just trying to get really involved back in the community and do some cool stuff so hey if you need a bottle or any other form of hydration solution go to camelback use code coffee club all caps no spaces 20 percent off great value but uh, with that out of the way, I think it's time to just hop straight into it, and I think we'll let Ollie do. I remember last time, so like we're doing this episode over the internet, so it kind of lends itself to long, long monologues because the back and forth dialogue is a little more tricky. So I'm anticipating a very nice monologue here, but just to preface it, uh, last time we talked, Ollie was previewing. London and he had mentioned on the show that he had had a bit of issues with his around his penis area and a bit of uncertainty and then I mean pretty much after that things got pretty crazy but I won't I won't um do any more of the talk and I'll let you take over all if you just want to kind of run us through like those seven or ten days of madness yeah no thank you thank you boys uh good to be back um (laughs) Obviously, you don't have the usual view of St. Maurice, which is a shame, but we have to do what we can with uh, the time uh, difference. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy time. 
uh, as most people or listeners know from the podcast, Ollie doesn't really know how to deal with injuries. Um, he hasn't really had that kind of situation pop up and it's bound to happen in someone's career, uh, in anybody's career in running and it's happened to me in a very unusual time. Definitely felt like um, taking a step back from London for me during my uh, uh, pelvis penis injury. Um, yeah, I thought, oh, we'll just rest it. We'll uh, look at kind of progressing back in because the um, the kind of niggle injury that I felt before I got the information was much more of a soreness, tightness, like you've been training hard and it's just a bit sore and then it gets cool, like kind of calms down. So fortunately enough, thanks to Thomas from OEC uh, Europe, the head coach there, he was able to help Dayton schedule an MRI appointment uh, in St. Moritz. St. Moritz has everything but decent coffee and reasonable prices, but it's nice to have, the, have an MRI um, machine. So I went in there, did the MRI machine thing, um, which was cool. Um, is that your first MRI? <laughs> I was going to ask that. <laughs> that was my first MRI and I signed a board. They had like, you walk in this old um, Swiss lady who was like, told me to take my clothes off. I put on this like garbage bag kind of top and bottoms. And then there's this wall with all these signatures on it from athletes. And she told me to sign it before my MRI. I was like, okay. That's not a wall you of, want to be on. <laughs> that's kind of a weird, uh, weird flex, but all right. Um, I guess I signed it, went on to the MRI. And then I sat in the... Um, waiting room with Ritz. I was pretty optimistic because I felt like it had gotten better. Like my, I took three days off. I ran like four or five miles with uh, Joe and George and then I ran eight miles with Yara and everything still felt not 100%, but it felt like it was recovering. Um, and then I uh, got the results and the doctor just kind of looks at me very Swiss-like and said, I know what the problem is. And then uh, my pubis synthesis area was light up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> And they thought that I had a tear or what they refer to as a sports hernia, um, very, very small one, like minuscule to the point where Dathan couldn't see it um, in there as well. And I sat there and I kind of just went into a bit of shock um, because everything was running through my head of like, this is not something that's good. It's not something that's going to be like uh, a fixing situation. And I sat in the um, the waiting room waiting to pay for the MRI and Dathan and I kind of Dathan I could see Dathan's face was not ideal <laughs> he didn't look particularly happy and I kind of knew my gut feeling I knew what was going to happen like I knew what I had to do I just had to convince myself to tell him and make that decision but Dathan obviously said that through his experience with his career and with injuries like the best thing you can do particularly for me um was to not run for the rest of the season shut it down there obviously he said there is the option of taking some painkillers, um, training through that three weeks, running at Worlds, but the setback would be that it would take a longer time and obviously, obviously cause more harm to the injury, uh, could cause a possibility of surgery um, if I did that. And Dathan kind of just sat me down and said, you're not here to participate. You've taken three years and in every year you've been up there as one of the best um, 15 runners in the world. You're in the top five, top 10 in the rankings. Um, you're not there to participate. You're there to, to run for a medal and to compete your best ability and we want to have a long career for you and I know it's tough but I believe Dathan's opinion was to shut it down as well as me and um, I kind of broke down had a good cry because <laughs> I think mentally athletes at that situation you're three weeks up for the biggest meet of the year and our lives are pretty pretty nice you have a lot of 
a lot of pros with our uh, profession, but the cons are kind of the sudden changes in those plans and they, and they can happen at any point. And Morgan and George um, have all gone through those experiences as well. Now I have, and I felt like uh, it was tough, but I we booked a flight the next day. Um, I got to say my goodbyes briefly, but not to a lot of, a lot of the teammates, which was kind of challenging. And then it was a very long, long trip back to uh, Boulder, Colorado. I think I left at 6 a.m. in St. Moritz. I got in at 3 a.m. Uh, the next day because I had a lot of delays in my flights um, th- from San Francisco. So uh, that was tough. I didn't sleep well. I had another cry on the on the train. Um, I was just processing the situation and trying to make sure that I know, like, tell them, convincing myself is a good decision. It's not going to, like, affect, um, you know, anything of, like, opinions of the, the brands that sponsor me or the opinions of my teammates or my coach that I've done the right thing. Um, but you always question yourself in those situations and particularly when you're by yourself and you're not talking to anyone about it, it is very challenging. But um, I got back, I was able to reset. Gussie uh, welcomed me with open arms. Thank you to, to Jenna for looking after him and he, uh, he's been good, uh, good company since. Um, and then progressing with that, I was able to get... Um, an appointment with Dr. Kabbalas, um, who is a um, very talented doctor here in Boulder who works with athletes in particular. Um, he did an ultrasound and I got a good prognosis that there was no tear. It was just, he said there was a lot of inflammation around that pubis synthesis area. Um, because I don't feel pain walking, doing general tasks, it's only running and really fast running. That's also a good prognosis. So the plan from then on was six weeks, um, six weeks of no running, going into cross training. Um, and then after six weeks, the reason why we stopped it was because I think at the start of October is when I can go back to full training. And that's when the whole team is going to be back training. And it will obviously um, improve my chances going back into 2024, which is a very big year to uh, perform at my best and obviously be better. Um, that's the plan. And um, yeah, so the idea was, he said, to throw the kitchen sink at it, might as well get a PIP injection. Um, so I got three. I got one right above um, the genitals. Actually, I got two right above the genitals and I got one on the side of my leg. And it was an awkward experience to say the least, but um, I didn't feel any pain. Um, I felt a bit of pressure and like obviously from the local anesthetic, you you feel a bit funny with it, but it was solid. Um, My mom, God love her, she felt like I needed her, which... She's probably right, but I feel like I'm an adult. She came out, um, flew out straight away. She had a bit of time of work and was able to look after me, um, drive me back from the appointment. And now I'm just resting. I haven't run for about a week. Um, I'll slowly get back into um, general cross-training. But the big thing that I'm going to be doing is a lot of swimming. So <laughs> um, I'm going back to my roots uh, from high school and I've con- I'm going to contact my coaches from there and, and just swim my swim my ass off, get keep as fit as possible without um, stressing out my pelvis and groin area. Um, but that's the plan with cross training. I've booked a flight home, um, which will be next week, and I'll be able to go home, swim and train in Australia, and enjoy kind of my time off uh, while I watch my amazing teammates uh, compete for the rest of the season. So that's kind of the monologue. <laughs> of what's going on with me. Um, I've struggled to sleep. It's been a hard process to kind of readjust your mental focus from one of the impo- most important points of the year to realizing that it's over. You have to let it go and then progress to 
um, you know, being patient and moving forward uh, to to 24. So that's been nice. It's been a bit lonely in Boulder. There's no one really here. I haven't seen uh, Carmela or Helen, who are the other two teammates that are in Boulder. And Kelsey's been great. I caught up with her when I got my um, ultrasound and kind of uh, touch base with Dr. Kabalas. So yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, everything going on here. Yeah. That was a that was a that was a good breakdown. Um, what, what can I add to that? I just want to. I'll probably say that. I mean, no one, no one thinks any any less of you for making that decision. Like, obviously, yeah, there were a couple of days where where you were running and and kind of we all we all had a bit of hope and and you had a bit of hope and. But I think, um, I think it's it's got to be the right decision and. And even though it's it's such a hard time to to make that call, um, yeah, I think in the scheme of things, like if, with the with the timing of it, you'll be good to go in the fall and and have a nice build up for next year. And and yeah, man, it was a shit. We had, we had a tough goodbye, and it it uh it sucks not not having you here, and it'll suck not having you in Budapest and and kind of going through going through these last few weeks um all together and yeah that's hard for all of us and team's not not the same with without you over here but um we're all behind you and um i i mean i should i think it's it's so good that we can we can talk about it on the pod and and show that um you know most of the time on the pod we, we have a great time and and there we can we can share some some highlights of the sport and and then there are, there are times where we can we can share that fuck there's some some pretty some pretty low lows and mm. and Morgan shared a lot of them and that's been <laughs> that's been um, <laughs> really hard for him and then you know we, we can we can share them around a bit and um, I think it's all all for the good in the end and uh, yeah we're, we're all behind you yeah I don't have much to add to that it's just. As soon as you made the decision, everyone was like, yeah, that's like, we're all behind you on that. Like, that's the decision you got to make as much as it sucks. Cause yeah, as you said, you're still in amazing shape and you could technically have done it, like gotten to world champs, gotten the start line, but it's just not worth it when you think about the long-term potential repercussions of that. And especially even the more intermediate term with next year being 2024 Olympics Paris, which is probably less than a year away now i guess i don't i don't really know so i think um yeah the interesting is, fact to that was yeah. uh when i made the decision it's i got on social media and it said it was a year till paris when i made that decision and so that was an interesting part of it, it was like well i have a year now so that was because i remember seeing all the posts from what athletics and from other people saying it's one year so yeah that's that's why i was like well this is a good time to then shut it down so. Yeah, it's, and that's like the mind shit, mindset shift that you have to uh, just make is like it's Olympics, it's all about Olympics. I can't like I know it's really hard to go from like because you were completely on the gas in terms of this season, everything's been like pointing in the right direction to go from that one day to the next day to be like, oh, I'm on my like season break right now. It's just so weird because even in a normal season – it feels weird when we take a break because we're so used to being so on all the time. So 
um, especially the fact that you're in Boulder on your own. At least your mom is there. That's lovely. Yeah, I like, shout out to mom. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. normally we would be able to take advantage of the time off together and like go do some fun stuff like we did last year and the previous couple of years. But uh, it's so good that you get to go back to Australia as well and, um, you know, reconnect with your roots because you haven't been able to spend the time back there that uh, we know that you wanted, especially after like winning your Commonwealth Games gold, I think. It's like it would have been awesome if you could have gone back and kind of enjoyed that in Australia a bit more. But since then, like the couple of times that you've been back have been much more like business trip like and even the Christmas break one was like not super long or anything. So I think it'll be really cool. And we were joking before we started about this could be Ollie's potential rise into into the triathlon. I was gonna say that you need to uh because on you know started as a triathlon company in some ways. So you got to take over from, uh, I just think it'd be amazing if you just did it and then you beat Christian Blumenfeld pretty much. <laughs> you go take out. You Olaf. actually just join, you join uh, Christian and Gustav, train with Olaf. <laughs> I, now. Mate, they're, they're, they're incredible, incredible athletes, but that, that would be the funny thing would, um, cause obviously my, I have the mid D kind of, specialty at the moment in running i'd have to do sprint triathlon which is still like distance for us like it's a five 10k run 5k run or something like that i think it's 10K a 10k run Olympics. of the olympics, 10K yeah. olympics. yeah 1500 meters swim it, very long so like swimming back back in when i used to swim in high school i was mostly uh 100 100 fly 200 free doing 1500 meter um swimming would be would be interesting change but yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll shout it out to Olaf. I'll send him a message saying that I'm come for his boys. Come for his boys. Dude, that'd be crazy. Dathan wouldn't know what to do, man. <laughs> I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story with Dathan um, before we move on, which was I thought was was just shows you what type of coach he is. Why well, I, I everyone was kind of their own thing, and I went to do my swimming um, my swimming session, and um, I think because of maybe my physique as well as having an Olympic rings tattoo, no one got in my lane. So I had my lane to myself and I was just hammering uh, swimming sessions and, and Dathan wanted to come check up on me. So when you swim, you usually stay on one side of the lane and then you tumble turn, you go on the other side of the lane. Ritz, um, <laughs> Ritz wanted to come in with me and do some aqua jogging because he just wanted to be involved. And then um, he, would aqua jog, he would aqua jog all the way to halfway. This is a 25 meter pool for reference. He would aqua jog all the way halfway. And then all the way back. And by the time he did that, it'd be one rep for me, which is about 300 meters of swimming. And he'd be only on one side of the lane. So I had to like maneuver and like go around him every time <laughs> and splash him as well. I felt bad. But he um, he was a good swimmer in his own right. He's he actually decent swimmer as well. So, uh, but that was funny. He wanted to connect in that way and, and just make sure I was doing all right. And um, I thought that was pretty funny and, and, and endearing in, in a way because it's such a different, I mean, swimming is such a different sport to running, even though they've got sim- very similar attributes and being individual and being kind of um, very, very big at the Olympics, particularly for Australia. Um, but yeah, it was uh, fun swimming up there in that pool. Uh, and I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll be doing a lot of swimming moving forward. I would have loved um, to see, I would have loved to see Ritz with a stopwatch, like trying to take splits and understand what they mean. Just be like, um, I don't know what this number is. <laughs> well, yeah, if anyone so. has seen, Dathan coach at a race you know that he is is there something like beyond empathy like when you like what he feels for his athletes is just like extreme loyalty and just so much passion so 
when one of his athletes is going through a difficult situation, he feels the same. He's going through it. He's, He's also going, going through, through the it. exact same thing. And also, I would say, I would extend that to the team a bit. Like, there's kind of like a pulse of the team. And um, like what George said before, not having Ollie here, like having you here is like so weird because you've been probably like, well, not probably, like between like you, Alicia, like these guys that have been here since day one, you've been probably the most consistent, like high performer. Um, always there setting the standard and yeah. so it is very weird to not have you here and um it's tough on the pod too ollie's been the one well, with with the broadest shoulders <laughs> just take all the expectations on the podcast is, that's just been ollie uh, like hammering away for us like putting us at the forefront now it's falling on on me and morgan to pick up the slack so yeah. well there's two positives there's two positives one um, you're not you're getting more of an intelligent podcast because I'm not saying dumb shit all the time and having <laughs> these crazy hot takes and getting people's names wrong. And number two, the intelligence of the team has just skyrocketed since I got on that train back to uh, back to Boulder. So you guys, are, you guys are actually going to have more common sense now without me there uh, screwing that up. But um, yeah, it, it is weird, like just being back here because you're in, particularly with Boulder, and I'm sure people know this with with family or with close friends in that kind of niche circle. Um, when they're not here, it just feels like a very empty place. Um, you know, I've I went to I've been walking around Boulder with mom and and getting coffee and telling her you know stories about where the team would go. We do like uh, you know stuff here, or we would get um, drinks and pizza here. And yeah, that that's when you definitely feel the the gap of um, the team not being there. So I'm looking forward now to uh, to the end of the season when everyone's back, so I can hang out with them again. So that'll be fun. But I'll be obviously watching you guys and cheering you on from afar and. Um, the biggest supporters of uh, the team and all you guys. So um, I'm sure I'm going to be shedding a few tears at the results that come through, which will be very exciting. Yeah, I think it's still worth worth mentioning, even though, you know, we build up Worlds as as the peak of the season. Like, it doesn't mean that, you know, the season was was like wasted for you. Like, you you still had an epic season. Like, you still broke a, a pretty incredible Australian record Oceana record in the 1500 you, you literally won a medal this year at mm. world cross like <laughs> you still got podium at a diamond league podium at Milrose. like it, there's yeah. still so many positive takeaways even even if like the main goal of the season didn't come to fruition there's just there's so many positives along the way you know mm-hmm. yeah and you and never I, know. I, I repeat yeah Sorry, I, I repeated that phrase um Sorry, Morgs. I've repeated that phrase um, to myself and to other people when they've checked up. I mean, a lot of people have, which is amazing to shout out to all those messages from a lot of professional runners and former professional runners who have mentioned about the similar injury or kind of confirming my my stance on, on the decision to make. I mean, it's great to see that like a lot of them said that they wish they did that or they did that and then they were able to come back from it. And um, I really appreciate all those messages because that's the community I'm in and I have so much respect for them and, and for the way how or how hard the sport is sometimes making those those calls. But I I've re, re like I've written a little thing and I know Morgan does this sometimes too where a little quote on my wall is like what's a good story without a bit of adversity because at this point in time like this will be a great thing to learn from and, and to grow from and I'm sure you uh Morgan and George both have had setbacks in careers and like you've learned and been able to progress and actually excel um from them. So that's that's my plan to do. And um, yeah, I just got to make sure that 
the healing of Mountain Dew and DoorDash will maybe keep my pelvis in check. And if not, then I will have to step away from it. But we'll we'll see how that all that all plays out. Obviously, it's different with my mum here. I have to keep up impressions that I actually am a healthy eater. So I haven't done any of that stuff yet. So, yeah. Good boy. Well, that's exactly Thanks. it right there. I think that's kind of like a nice, nice note to leave uh, that topic on for today because, yeah, that's exactly it. One thing you did mention the names before, and I wanted to do a little callback to El Baklava because we had a few comments about it. People did really appreciate that nickname. One confirmed that it is, in fact, like a big dish in Morocco. So it is very appropriate. It's valid. It works. It's valid. We had a lot of people saying El Broccoli. That, that's actually the more that's obvious one. That's good. Yeah. And then we had this really out there. <laughs> reach of one i'll say it to you ollie and i mean i've never actually said this out loud so we'll see how it goes l but call me maybe <laughs> so like Kylie Ray jepson but call me exactly, maybe. Yeah. i mean i think they're all i think they're all brilliant and i love that people are, are getting involved and, and enjoying this um <laughs> play on words as you would say i think it's a term of endearment when you when you bring it to an athlete um but i i have to sell l broccoli is a good one um Elba call me maybe is is that's a hard one to pronounce El baklava though is my favorite i just yeah. love that one because it, if it is a big dish in morocco then it gives a sense of pride for for El Bacali in that kind of cool way um but um yeah i love that i keep going i mean I've, i my mom's getting into it too like we'll be having dinner and she'll she'll use reference saying like oh um does carl membrane work for darcy's mag and hearing my mom <laughs> say that um out loud when we're around people and then she'll, she'll like, I mean, when I was getting the needles in my groin and, and Dr. Kabbalah was talking about, you know, uh, Jakob and, and how well he's done this season, my mum just corrected him and called him Jingy. And then they all laughed because uh, Dr. Kabbalah is also a listener of the pod. So that's always fun when people jump onto it and, um, and have those references. So yeah, that's, uh, I like, I like all three of them. We could also mix and match, you know, it's, it's nice to, to be spontaneous and spice it up. So. We can mix and match for Al Bacali. Yeah. yeah, he can have his own, like, in our next uh, shirt, he can have his whole a whole shrine to him with all his different <laughs> his different references. But so I don't really know what we should. Should we do an update on us next? Just make it quick. Maybe? I'd like to know. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. We'll fill all the yell on what's been happening here. You want to yeah. go first? Which is absolutely not. <laughs> same, old, same, old. <laughs> same old heat training. <laughs> Is not going well. It's so cold here. We had like the I think the high today was eight or nine degrees Celsius, basically like high forties in uh, in Fahrenheit. So it was pants and jacket this morning and pants and jacket this afternoon. Which maybe am I getting some heat adaptations from sweating? No, I don't think so. I don't. Think I was so still either. cold. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that hasn't been going well. But a couple of uh, trips down to Kiavina in Italy which is nice and humid, um, which I think is, is very valuable. And uh, we had a nice nice big long threshold session there two days ago, probably the last kind of, I think the longest day I have on the schedule until Worlds and, and kind of the last, the last big threshold day. So that was kind of nice to tick that box. Had Morgan in with, in with the boys kind of for the first time. Yeah, it was I actually. And I didn't really think about the the gravity of that, but that was nice and was back and a, and a nice uh, ten euro lunch and coffee in in Italy, as opposed to a thirty euro 
or 30 yeah. franc uh, option up here. Yeah. Um, which That'd is kind nice. of the highlight of going down there. And it's freaking yeah. beautiful. So, <laughs> um, no complaints. And uh. that is just been getting bullied in Mario Kart by Yarrod a little bit. Um, honestly, forgot how good he was. I was playing a little bit without him. And even I'm, I'm terrible, but I can like beat the computer on hard, like pretty easily. I was like feeling myself a little yeah, bit. I know what you're like, talking about. I'm, I'm actually getting good at this. Yarrod comes up and plays with Mario. I came like a liver. <laughs> <laughs> exact same just, thing happened to me. Oh, it, was, it was not good. I, Ollie and I were scheming. Like we were practicing every day, like once or twice. And then I was like, all right, well, we've done like our practice. I'll go challenge Yared. And it just was not even close. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how, how long I have to play to catch up to that guy, but he is far too good and it is not fair at all. So I don't know what we're going to do. He's a what master. He's a master. Uh, well, I guess my last week has been a bit eventful because I went to Italy. Oh, yeah, you did. You went to Italy <laughs> properly, not just the hour drive to Kiwina. Yeah. So for me, my status in regards to getting selected for Worlds has, well, so they said that, you know, like, well, I guess I'm already violating it. They said you're not allowed to say anything until it's public knowledge on Monday. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just, just looking at morgan right now like <laughs> so we'll just leave it there so we'll talk about that more next week i guess but when, it, when I we find out it. without saying anything uh my parents booked the trip to Budapest. <laughs> 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 my parents are going to Budapest. that's all i can say right now and it just oh. happened to line up <laughs> that's all i can say man. what, what timing what timing from your parents what timing yeah so <laughs> what are they doing there <laughs> I don't, they haven't told me yet we'll work it out i guess we'll see right. seeing the cultural TBD. sites seeing the cultural TBD. sites but so last week Morgan's mum's running snuck onto the team but so last weekend was quite a few countries had their national championships and one of them being italy so i took the trip down to molfetta in the south of italy with cinta where she did amazing, competed in the 1500 meters, got the dub, her first uh, national title for Italy. So it was awesome. Man, it's a nice place there. It's It was very warm, like beautiful. The beaches there are a little, when you come from like Australian beaches, like the, some of the European beaches are a little bit weird because they're not like nice sand, but the water, the water is so good, so refreshing, very salty. Um but just being there in the sun after, yeah, the cold here in St. Moritz was amazing. So we had a great trip and, yeah, just so much good, cheap food. And I could just I could just live, live there, there. Live <laughs> forever and just eat so much food. I'd probably get so fat. I don't know. But it was amazing. And then um, we had a couple of other teammates with their national championships as well. Shout out to Jonas, Swiss 5K champ. For the sixth time, I <laughs> yeah. saw him post. Yeah, he, uh, no big deal. he crushed it. And then Mario came third in the Spanish Champs 1500, so secured his spot on the team um, in what was a fucking crazy Insane race. Insane race. Insane race. The Spanish men's 1500 is absolutely unreal. So we'll see if they end up all coming through at Worlds and putting three in the final. and For like the third year in a row or something. Yeah, doing all those shenanigans, so... It was, yeah, those guys are just unreal. Macau, man, I got to say, because Mo Katir and Mario have been, I mean, Mo's run 12.45 in the 5K this year, and then 
what a 329 as well this yeah, season. Second to Jengi and Oslo. Yeah, and we know Myers also ran 329. Macal is it Macal or Machal? Chal, I think. Machal, Machal I think. Yeah. So Machal, I don't know how he does it. He he looks like not bad, but he just does not look. He that was gritting his teeth 200 meters in. <laughs> it's so funny. He looks so tough in the race. Like it makes it look so hard. And then as soon as the race is over, he looks like he didn't even. He's waving to the crowd and didn't even run. And then yeah, he took down Mokatir. So absolutely unreal. But um, one of the things that we did want to talk about today, since the uh, like kind of world teams have been getting released over the last couple of days is a couple of countries have policies where they leave people out. And I think we're very fortunate that our countries are very inclusive. Like, I'm not sure exactly. Well, New Zealand actually is not. New Zealand's become more inclusive somehow. Yeah. I think they got a lot of shit in Tokyo for leaving out 200 meter sprinters that both were in the rankings. Mm-hmm. And I think since then they haven't left anyone out. I don't know if the policies changed or if they just had adding people i don't know is australia was at one point not the most inclusive i remember i've spoken to people do you remember how they used to have like an a standard and a b standard and australia wouldn't always i think select people that had uh, they would they would like you could qualify based on that system but australia might not select you but since i've been um eligible australia has been so good to me and they've been so inclusive which i mean i know like it probably often comes down to big money stuff and all that. And I get it, but I hate it when they have like these super serious, like countries have like these super serious, what do you call it? Like strategy plans where they say like, we're only going to take like athletes ranked in this level because like, we think they're the only ones that are going to potentially, you know, be able to get into that top eight, like what the countries are really after. Cause it's just like, you never really know. And we've seen some really good athletes like miss out and, it's just sad. I don't know what I want to say yeah, about it. To, to be more specific, countries like Spain, I think from Mario was saying, their reasoning for like being able to compete for something like a top eight spot is they, they only select down to 32 in the rankings. That's I'm just picking a random number instead of 42, which is the quota. So theirs is like a ranking one. And then I know both the UK and Ireland, they just made up a standard. Like they just made up a B standard that if you don't, even if you're in the rankings, but you don't have that time, they won't select you. So there's two UK steeplechases in the ranking, both in the like low 30s, but be, they just made up a standard that was like eight, 18.5 or something. And neither of them have hit that. So essentially they won't be selected, even though World Athletics has, what do you do? Invite. Yeah. They've, I've seen, they've qualified for Worlds, basically, I've but seen they a, won't be taken. A couple of people online saying that they think that World Athletics should like sanction the countries. Yeah, that was what Sibko was asked that, right? He was like... Something like that, because they're just like... Because they're trying or not, they should be forced into it. Yeah, because they're trying so hard to bring in this ranking system. Like, it's like That's like what Athletics plan to try and make the sport more engaging. And then these countries are just disregarding it. And it's like, well, what's the point then? But I don't know what this. I mean, it's if it is like if it's money stuff, then I guess like it's above my pay grade, you know. Yeah, I think that I think Seb said the countries can just do what they want, didn't he? Yeah. I didn't actually listen to the interview, but I'm pretty sure he said the federations can. <laughs> he, make I, I reckon he probably confirmed or denied it like a politician. He kind of put it up in the air and maybe seemed like he answered the question, but didn't really. Yeah, because so, the UK athletics situation is a bit different with compared to Spain, whereas I think 
the Spain, the Spanish Federation has a decent chunk of money, but the UK Federation has been known to like have no fucking money. They have no money. Um, and I think a lot of the issue is that they don't have the financial resources to like send a lot of people. Whereas the UK track possible? team is usually, oh, well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, where's the money gone? You know? And um, a lot of these athletes don't get that funding anyway. And they work really, really hard and they try and get to that situation of, um, being eligible to qualify and yeah, they still just don't have the resources to send them. So it's, it's kind of a blame on the federations in my opinion. They need to sort that shit out. It's not good for the sport. No, not at all. And yeah, it is crazy that UK, I mean, you would think that they would have, I, the way that federations are funded is so like it's every single country is its own like case and is unique. And they're also all like generally very chaotic because they come from, you know, they like government funded. So it's like, it just gets so messy. I know the UK was funded by the the lottery. That's like how the like UK, I don't know if all like UK sports was, but like the the athletics was funded by like the lottery. So they actually had a shit ton what? of money at some point. Mm. I don't know if that changed, but it's always so weird because like it's like a government, government funded thing, but it is more like a business because it's like a performance. Uh, like the goal is performance, but then also if you bring say USATF into account then it completely changes the dynamic because USATF makes a shit ton of money, but they don't necessarily make it from athletes performing. They make it from like youth participation at their events. So it's always such a shit show when you try to look at like the funding for the federations and then how that filters down like eventually to the athletes. And obviously along the way, there are some people that are getting very wealthy. Um, at the top of those federations normally not all of them but some of them so it's just so complicated but when you see athletes if that is the reason why athletes are missing out it's just sad and you would hope that there would be some solution to it but you just can't really say anything unless i guess you know the specific situation so hopefully they can sort it out and hopefully the olympics countries can be a bit more inclusive for for athletes that are hitting the ranking standard because as we're seeing right now the standards are just getting fucking wild and they're mm. just continuing to trend the 5k standard is going to be 1305 i think for the olympics like 1307 seems like a crazy standard for the world championships and i'm not sure how many people have hit it but it's like 30 something i think it's 32 so 10 <laughs> 10 people only are going on ranking so it's a it's a crazy time so We'll see what happens with that. But uh, one thing that I did want to talk about today is more of a fun topic, not a running-related topic. But uh, for those that know me, they know that I have spent all my years up to this point wondering what ethnicity I am. And I finally got some results, and I just want to share them with you guys. And I mean, I already did share them with you guys, obviously, but I share them more with the listeners because I was um, – it was just crazy. Did you see, like, I, I don't really know how this changes me, finding this stuff out, but um, it is very interesting. So in school, you know how when you do, like, a class on, as, like, an icebreaker, they'll ask you, like, for a fun fact, and it's always, like, what the fuck do I say? I think most people that are athletes just say, like, I'm an athlete. That's what I experienced. <laughs> what did you used to say? So what I used to often say was all four of my grandparents come from different countries. And is that still true? 
past of these results? <laughs> it probably is, right? It, it is still true. I mean, like there is obviously some overlap, but it is still true. But these are my these are my results. I'm not going to say where we tested it through. Don't want to give them a free shout out, but uh, just probably the most popular one. So I'm 60% British and Irish, which just makes sense. Being like one of my Australians are. Yeah, and one of my grandma is like 100% British, so that one was easy. 23.7% Ash Ashkenazi Jewish, which I don't really know what that means, but I, I mean I know it's like Central European. So my grandfather is from Hungary, so that one like makes sense. I feel like that checks out. But I often tell people that I'm Jewish as a joke, but now I think I can say it for realsies. And is then, Jewish a heritage thing though, or a religion? Because no. I think sometimes it's a little bit of both. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm not. Yeah, not the religion, but heritage. I guess I have over twenty percent of it in me. So I'll take it. I don't really know what that means for me, but I'll take it. And then this was the shocker for me. I'm ten percent like Southeast Asian, which I didn't know that I had any Asian in me at all. So I'm like it's Indonesian. Like, Southeast Asian, like Indian and is that Southeast Asian? No, no, Asia? it's like, like, it's like the island. So it's like Indonesia and oh, like really? Thailand and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a shocker. <laughs> and then you go down one more step. This is like my final 6% is West African. It's also wild. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even know these. It's like Senegal and Angolia. Is it Angola? Angola, yeah. Congo. Congo. Who would have thunk it? Man, Not even East Africa. Would they could have run it. <laughs> no. I like. I kind of thought that I was like North African a little bit. Like from, that's right. Because my grandma, like they, they're not sure. But that's kind of just what I assumed because I kind of wanted to make the link to running. But no, it's just West African. I mean, yeah. I'm fascinated <laughs> by that. And I definitely want to do it now when I get back. Yeah. I don't. Because I feel like I'm pretty... Like mine would be boring, but Morgan, just to kind of emphasize those results, you could be a really good CIA operative because you could blend in anywhere in the world. Yeah, and just be an undercover it. operative. Yeah, that definitely confirms it. But I mean, my my dad was adopted, so I always wanted to give him those tests because he doesn't really know where he came from. Um, but I feel like he's pretty going to be pretty much British and um, in that kind of regard but my mum's side like i know that all history and stuff and it's pretty much just yeah the uk and and some of northern europe your, your inability to tan would suggest quite a lot of uh western slash northern europe but i feel like they could be like whether it's like the british isles or if it's like scandinavia i feel like it could be could yeah. be either of those those are pretty close to well, each other as well so. i'm just I'm just scared to um, find out that I'm related to Josh Kerr. I'm just scared. I just yeah. don't want to find that out. So. They did. That's not close. Well, next to each other, and they're like identical. You guys look <laughs> straight so up. Well, <laughs> what race was that? Oslo. That was Oslo. When you guys yeah. were next to each other, and you guys <laughs> both wore Oakley glasses. Like, which is which? That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> those results don't change anything for me. It's just very interesting to know. I guess globalization is a is a crazy thing how we move around the world and um yeah i've always wondered because i mean a lot of australia is a very like you know a lot of people in australia are first or second generation so there is a ton of like it's not weird it's pretty normal i think to have something like that um growing up in australia but i just never knew what it was and now i do and 
I would love to somehow reconnect with those other parts of my family. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's possible because I don't know where they are. But shout out to my Indonesian ancestors, <laughs> Tom Wang. Okay, so I sent them to Tom Wang. I think Tom Wang was he. I think he was over fifty percent Southeast Asian as well. So we got that connection going. No wonder um, you guys get on well. I need a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about it, but I just wanted to share it because it's another big thing that has happened in my life in the last week. And now all my all my family are loving it as well because, yeah, I mean, they didn't know either. Because that's what I was wondering. If I do it, does that mean am I, do my siblings have the exact same like, makeup? I don't does, think so. Does it, that's what, it doesn't like split that I think it depends right? how much. No, I think it depends how much you inherit from your different parents. Do you look like your siblings? Yeah, we all look like a mix of our parents. <laughs> <laughs> some no, because like some some siblings just get more of something else. No, you know? no, we we all have we none of us look identical, but we all have like shared traits. I would say like you can you tell. Have twin like, know, yeah, okay. You you can tell. So yeah, but you can you can also you could also kind of tell by looking at us probably like who inherited what from like what parent and stuff so yeah it kind of makes sense i guess but yeah i mean we don't really have much other running stuff to talk about today um, i have a really funny story please do i mean please go ahead I, I actually i'm glad i remembered this <laughs> and and i haven't told either of these guys yet i got a funny story from a couple of nights ago um that i i want to share with everyone it's very topical so i went to have um mo I mean, kindly invited me for dinner at the the Bauman apartments over by the track and literally over by the track as in they, they're on like the fourth floor and their balcony looks out over the tracks. So you can like spy on sneaky. You can spy on workouts and stuff. So had a lovely meal. We're clearing up and we're getting ready to play some cards. And I, I was just like, we were just standing over by the window, me and Mo. I'm like, ah, oh, wonder who's, it's like eight. 30 p.m. Like, I wonder who's out there. Like, I wonder if Jingy's out there. It's probably something he would do. Freaking, it's like almost dark. And so we look out there. I'm like, oh, I think that is Jingy. Mm-hmm. And he's out there um, with his Norwegian training guy, whoever that is, and Henrik, doing freaking drills for like half an hour. And so me and Mo are just hanging out, like, just watching Jakob. You know, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> like, I'm, I feel like everyone's always pretty. He turns some heads. Yeah. Like, we're spying, but that's what you do. Mm-hmm. He's interesting. Like he's out there at eight thirty at night doing doing strides and stuff, and and so then, like, um, I don't know. Eventually, like Sean comes over and it's like, "What are you guys doing?" Like Elise comes over and we're like, "Oh, we're just fucking seeing what we're just seeing what Jingy's up to," and and Elise goes, "Hey, are you sure that's are you sure that's Jacob?" Like I don't think. That guy looks like a child. <laughs> like I don't think that's Jacob. Like we're on the fourth floor, so they're kind of far away. But and and they haven't run or anything. I'm like yeah, like yeah, it's Jacob. Like this is what he does. He goes out at night, and that's Henrik. He's a very distinctive looking, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so by this time, like all of us, like Cooper, we're all like standing there trying to decide if we were crazy to think that this was Jacob in the first place. And at least goes, no, no fucking way. Like that's not. That's not Jakob. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. That's not Jakob. What? And Cooper just immediately was like, "Yeah, I'll take that." They shake on it, 
And then, so there's a hundred dollars on the line of whether or not this is actually Jingy on the track. And so like we had to figure out how to figure this out. And well, the best way was just to wait until he finally finished doing drills, which seemed like freaking long time. It's quite impressive actually. And, um, there's a lot of debate going on. And then eventually he, he finishes doing up his spikes and obviously very distinctive running form of, uh, of Jakob and, and jogs off. And it was, uh, confirmed. And then you knew that it was in, that was in fact Chingy. So at least lost a hundred dollars. He needs to fix the tattoo situation because you would know if he had bigger tattoos. That's, you know, the little tattoos—they're too hard to see from far not, away. The tattoos were like visible at eight thirty at night from from a balcony. Wow. Wait, was yeah. he working out or was he just doing drills? Just doing late night drills and strides. Late night drills. I've yeah. often wondered what that guy's sleep schedule is because we see him doing his first run at like eleven thirty. Yeah, which now makes sense because that he does his double at yeah, it's like eight p.m. Bus go to bed pretty late. Interesting. I guess when you're him, you can do whatever you want and you don't have any training partners. So He must also like, like if he showed up at the track at 10 a.m., yeah, he that's couldn't. not going well. He couldn't. He couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of sad because this is like where he grew up training, probably doing yeah. that. But I mean, if we're speaking about Jakob, all right, fine. I'll admit it. I watched the last episode of Team Ingebrigtsen <laughs> a couple of days ago with Sinta and Joe. Show's pretty good. Pretty, I've, I've, I haven't watched any of it except the last episode. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, I was like, it's it's funny because the music they use is like the most stereotypical. Like when he's when he's winning Olympic gold, it's the most stereotypical, like motivational, like happy music. Like if I was trying to make a video and make it over the top, like I would use that song because it's just so stereotypical. But it still just hits, and like I mean, I was like tearing up watching it. It's like. And his whole his whole family his whole town is out there in where he's from sadness I don't know how to speak Norwegian at the local track so, watching so the so whatever it is and it's just it's just amazing man we should have a team coffee club show team OAC show um, so yeah I would recommend anyone check it out because you can just watch it on YouTube the captions are really bad I don't know if you remember that or if you just watched it in Norwegian mm. I think I do remember the. <laughs> The subtitles just not. They just, just they felt just, like they were not right. They just don't make sense half the time. But that kind of adds to the um, you know, just the charm of it. Henrik in that episode gets surgery. He gets surgery here in St. Moritz, and he he's he's I don't know. It was probably the same hospital. Doesn't he reattaches hamstring or something. Yeah, it's like pretty legit. Probably the same hospital you went to, Ollie, and it's got a beautiful view over the town. So mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a good story they got. I mean, as much as. I don't know. Actually, I was going to say as much as we hate on him, but we don't hate on him ever. We give him nothing. Like we, don't. we give him nothing but love. <laughs> nothing but respect and love. Too much respect sometimes. Right. We got to change that. But yeah, so that, anything else happening down there, Ollie? Uh, no, just trying to be like more social. I guess I went to see Oppenheimer again with my mom, which was cool because just like, I guess her generation grew up with that fear of the atomic bomb, um, which was much more prevalent during that time. It's still prevalent I'm now, still obviously. That's the whole point it, of this. Just for the record. Yeah. That's still the point of the movie. Like, that's the whole point of the movie. But I think when it was, yeah, just that, that aura of it was great. So we had a good chat and conversation with it. Um, I almost bought, I bought another Xbox. I didn't know. I restrained myself because I wanted to buy the smaller one to travel with because it's significantly smaller. Um, but I didn't. 
because I thought, well, I'll just travel with the original one. It makes no sense. So I'm, I'm you know, obviously, I'm, I'm my clarity mentally is top notch. Um, other than that, I've been hanging out with Gus, took him up to Ned for the first time. We had a great time up there, running around the trails, jumping in the, the creek. Um, and other than that, looking at getting another hobby other than video games. So yeah. if anybody has <laughs> that suggestions, you can do without much, me on without much movement is probably yeah, key Yeah, I can't well. do any movement. So the main thing is if anybody has any suggestions for a guy that's not that coordinated, mental capacity is not that high. Um, <laughs> Don't say that. DM me on Instagram. DM me on Instagram. Give me, give me a, an idea of a oh, hobby that I could maybe achieve. Have you, so. heard, of, have you heard of TikTok? <laughs> yeah. Heard so really I, fucking time. <laughs> so my, one of my get coming to TikTok here. Yeah, one of my gaming mates is sending me TikToks. I was actually thinking, Morgan and George, of uh, starting a Twitch that maybe should, I could chat you, this out in the pod. You should. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking of starting a Twitch. If anybody's interested in watching me play video games, I oh, think yeah. it'd be funny. Um, yeah, shout out to that maybe potentially happening. Um, it would probably be called the Coffee Club Twitch because Morgan, I mean, Morgan has been a bit slack on the video games lately, but he's got better fish, fish to fry. So I was thinking maybe a Twitch would be fun. Um, watch me play video games. It is quite amusing at some points. Other points, it's pretty boring. But yeah, I'm just looking at doing anything other than you should sitting, do that, uh, on my phone. Is surfing off limits? Probably. Yeah, is. it is. I spoke to. Um, I actually spoke to a couple of mates back home because I was looking at maybe doing like a surfing trip. Because the one thing with surfing is it's quite quite tiring, and you spend a lot of time out in the water and then you come back and you want to rest and then go back out again. Um, the whole movement with your pelvis is pretty important for surfing. Um, and that, that kind of muscle needs to kind of rest. So I uh, will go Boogie ocean boarding. swimming. Boogie Boogie boarding, do. I don't know if I would demean myself to that, but I could do hey, that. Body surfing. Hey, you take that back. You take that back. You know that I have sorry, a history. Sorry. I know you have a history as an esky lid. Um <laughs> I, I have to say probably body surfing, but I'll, I'll go for swimming quite a bit. I'm going to try and catch up with, um, I haven't told, obviously I'm telling you guys now about going to uh, Australia, but I'd like to catch up with Morgan's parents too before they leave, um, depending on that time frame. But yeah, I'd probably just go home. I leave next week. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard they go to Budapest, so I got, I got to arrange that now. But um, yeah, I'll be hanging out. I might go to a festival. I might go out to a concert. Who knows? Hell so, yeah. I'll keep you guys updated, but um, missing my missing my boys, missing George and Morgan. So it's nice to have the yeah. podcast to be able to engage with them at some point. But yeah, that's that's it for me on my end. Become a big YouTuber. That's actually, I've already. No, I can't do that. I've 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 been liking this one YouTube channel lately. I'm not a big YouTuber, but you mean like you mean like viewer? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a well into like in terms of our, like like well, which YouTube videos, but mostly like. Pretty much just watch sport highlights, honestly. Like the Ashes have been on lately, mm-hmm. but um, Jenna watches a bit of YouTube and Morgan watches a bit of YouTube, and so we we're discussing one lately that I found, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. Is that Cody Trains guy? Yeah, Cody. Apparently, Cody he's a Cole. big YouTuber and an actual YouTube or something. He's else. like he's like comedian and DJ and stuff. Yeah, it's but, right. Yeah, oh, he's like he those things. Well, the DJ thing was like a bit for a video. But he's like a massive YouTuber and podcaster. But he like goes on DJ trips. No, he like does video. it. He does it. He does do it. He does do it. But I guess it is serious. I don't know. But it's like a, I thought it was a joke. 
Maybe it started as a joke. I think it kind of did. I don't know. But he's like really bad at running. But he... Videos it's is, terrible at it, but it's so yeah, entertaining to watch. It's really fun to watch. It's like such a nice change from uh, ser- watch following serious runners. He runs like nine minute pace, like on a good day. He's an Iron Man, yeah, guy. So. He did, he did Iron Man Australia. Did he? Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's he wears the shirt, and there's funny bits about it. So yeah. check that out, Ollie, if you want. Fifteen minutes of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah, I feel well, like we could do videos like that. We should. I mean, they're not. I mean, really, films on his phone. Like, they're such bad quality. <laughs> yeah, I've often I've looked at him and like, I mean, he got a ton of views. He's very successful. I think he's just he's just like a master at it, though. I don't know. He's very popular, very good at what he does. But yeah, I think that's probably it from us. I also beat Snides on the New York Times crossword for the first time. That's <laughs> also what I do. I do the New York Times daily games, like. uh the wordle and the crossword and the the other word one. I forgot that word. And Snide Snide is an absolute beast at the crossword, <laughs> so fast. And um, we have we have like a little leaderboard, and he beats me every day. And but last week I screenshotted it for and nice. uh, I beat him twenty five seconds to twenty seven seconds for the New York Times crossword. So if anyone wants to be on my leaderboard, hit me up. <laughs> that was very really quick. Fun. Very quick for a crossword. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, 20, that was my record by quite a bit. I'm yeah. often in like the 40s or sometimes a couple in the 30s. Hell yeah. I would love to get back into that. I remember back in our old house where every day we would all play the Wordle together. That was a good time. That was probably it got us through Florida. That was probably, yeah, that was probably like the most peaceful time when Wordle brought everyone together. And now, I mean, I guess it's still doing it. So it's good to see that. But I much prefer the crossword. Yeah. I do the word or get out of the way. <laughs> that warms me up. It <laughs> gets words flowing. <laughs> yeah. Ready to take on the big snides. But yeah. yeah, I think that's it from us for episode 97. Uh, yeah. Lovely to see your face across the screen, Ollie. We'll, uh, we'll obviously be in touch, but you have all our best wishes. Hopefully, Boulder is, uh, you can have a good time there even without us. But yeah, uh, thank you I'll everyone try. for listening to this episode. We'll see all of you next week. Thank you.